0: It was my primary guide, Thomas, who decided eight years ago when we started this to call our new weekly radio show and podcast Seek Reality. But Seek Reality was a rather odd name. I thought it was odd at the time, and the the people I was working with certainly thought it was odd, for heaven's sake, because uh, we were going to talk about the afterlife, weren't we? As you know, that turned out to be a perfect name because we talk about everything. Everything we talk about is real, and just about everything we talk about is beyond what science or religions will talk with us about. So we're we're venturing into new fields, and fortunately with Thomas and his team, we have a very good set of guides. Today we're going to talk about the afterlife and i and i think it's actually a very important thing to be talking about now because it's turning out that as we try to raise our spiritual vibrations doing away with the fun of death turns out to be key because the fear of death is the, is the base fear. And when you're afraid of death, you, you tend to be afraid of just about everything. When you get rid of your fear of death, and there's no point in being afraid of something, which is the happiest moment of your life, when you get rid of your fear of death, you stop fearing everything. And so it's very important that we, we really stick to our knitting in this area and talk about talk about the fact that death is just an illusion. It's a way that we go from what is this very temporary, not real place to a, the much more real place where we spend eternity. We never began. We never will end. So we're going to talk today with my favorite afterlife researcher. Um, our guest today is Tricia J. Robertson. She's all the way from the United Kingdom, and she's with us for the second time, and My first book, as you know, on this topic was called The Fun of Dying. And that, of course, also came from Thomas. But um, Tricia may be even cheekier than I am when it comes to talking about death, as you'll see. She's a former teacher of mathematics, though, in physics and a lecturer in psychical research at the University of Glasgow in Scotland. So unlike yours truly, she's a serious, serious scholar. She's had some 30 years of experience in investigating many avenues of what really, We should stop calling paranormal because, of course, as you know, all of it is just perfectly normal. It's just something that science will never take seriously. But that's going to end soon, I think, where we're seeing some encouragement there. Meanwhile, Tricia is a wonderful, wonderful somewhat cheeky scholar who (laughs) seriously has researched many of the things that we talk about here. And she's written three very entertaining and still very scholarly books called Things You Can Do When You're Dead, More Things You Can Do When You're Dead, and It's Life and Death, But Not As You Know It. Now, six months ago, we talked about that third book. Today, we're going to talk about her first book, the book that brought her to prominence, which is called Things You Can Do When You're Dead. Again, a very cheeky title, but... After her career spent in scholarly study in this field, her attitude toward the preposterous notion that we ever really die is pretty much as cheeky as mine is. Tricia, I'm so glad you're with us. Welcome. Thank you very much,
1: Roberta. Yes, I am cheeky. (laughs) And you're also
0: a lot of fun to talk with, so we're going to have a lot of fun today. People who may not have heard us six months ago might like to know a little more about you and what you brought you to study the afterlife so
1: can you just briefly tell us a little about that very briefly The answer is i don't know i when i started <laughs> when I started oh, this boy. i was I was married a, a lovely house, two children, two jobs, no problems at all, and for some reason or other i I think I was guided actually by those above to do this yes. and then i I looked into it, not really believing anything at all. And as I listened to what was going on, I thought, well, let's have a look at this. And I did my own little tests, but nothing significant. And then I met Professor Archie Roy. And Archie Roy Roy and I then worked together very, very successfully. And we also, we designed more experiments over five years, you know, periods of time etc and uh, then I became definitely convinced there was something in it and of course you probably know when you start to look at these things things fall into your way you don't go yes you don't go looking for things things come to you and then like in 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 the first book you get someone that phones you up because they've seen an apparition of someone who had died two days before they've spoken they have spoken to them and they, they, these people did not know they were dead. Uh, so that, that was <laughs> right. one, of the, one of the things that came in my way. And then there was another one with massive Portuguese activity in a school and so on and so forth. And it, it just, once you start looking, then the universe provides you with things to look at. And it, the, the buzzword nowadays is we talk about survival. And yes, of course, there is survival. And in fact, more and more people are taking it seriously but the buzzword at the moment is consciousness your consciousness survives take away the religious connotations like soul spirit you know and so on ghost whatever your consciousness the real you that's inside that body the consciousness that is you that is aware that can communicate that has fun that has a personality that survives in fact no doubt about it whatsoever you will be just as cheeky the minute after you die as you are now
0: <laughs> right but i agree with you absolutely with everything you say and, and i uh, frankly your book is is several years old isn't it like seven or eight years old the first
1: right? book was a 2013 the yes. second one was round about 2016 and the, the third one it was a, a last, last year sometime. But the, the first book was actually a collection of things that ha- happened to me personally and with Archie Roy and with other people. Uh, they're actually more or less all of my own personal cases. Of course, there's many things there, of course, that people have never read before. They may, yes. have, read, they may have read other people's accounts. But I was laughing at your introduction because I always say, I am all about the evidence. I keep it real. I don't talk about a, a things away above people's head. I don't go into any specific theories. I present what happens to real yep. people in real life yep. and seek reality. So there you go. That's That'll right, happen. exactly. Yeah. That's what we are
0: all doing. I should point out everyone that every good Psychical researcher or researcher in any aspect of with this gigantic field, it's as complex a field as is the study of of material reality. So let's let's just say that we're just on the edges of a very big field. Every researcher I've ever known is pretty much like Tricia and as I was at the start are skeptical because if you are credulous oh i can't wait to find this i can't wait to find that and you believe everything you find i didn't believe any of it to this day i have to say Tricia, i don't believe in mediums so since you have very good mediumistic accounts in your books i'm i'm interested in talking about you with
1: well about uh, that with you today yeah. and how
0: you convinced yourself i don't believe in mediums i'm sorry well, just I, too you, ha-
1: you have to realize it, th- this it, you know, it's a, it's a den of vipers, this thing that we, we investigate. Yes. You can, you, there's no such word as a general medium. It, this doesn't work. You can't say every medium is of the same standard. Yeah. The, most mediums, in fact, are not terribly good. Let's be honest. Yes, uh, yes, let, thank let, you. Let, let's be honest. You can get mediums that can insightfully empathize with people and you can gain information from them in that way. But there are what I call the gold standard mediums. There are mediums and they don't necessarily need to be high flown people that are absolutely amazing. And yes. they, can, they can provide information that they could not possibly know yes. in, in any other way. And uh, one of my favorite cases in the first book, uh, of course, the other thing too, of course, is we don't just look at life after death or consciousness after death through mediumship. Mediumship is probably one of the poorest ways to look at it in actual fact. That's but right. You do get the gold uh, the gold nuggets. And as, as Sir William Barrett said, the only way to disprove the theory that all crows are black yes. is to find one white crow. Yes. Well, I have found several white crows in my quest for mediumship. Now, I, when I started to look at this, I had no bereavement. I had no sadness in my life whatsoever. And I don't know about yourself, but once you start to look at these things and your partner is not particularly interested, <laughs> yes. uh, that, that's quite often the beginning of a slippery slope as far as a marriage is concerned. Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and that was certainly the case in my case. But Once you get past all of that, you realize that this, the the things that we are doing is so much more interesting than the physical life. So, so much more interesting. The number of people that have said to me, uh, this is not being big headed. Your book has helped me so much. It's helped me change my opinion of things. And people that know me, people that even don't know me from all over the world, they say, you know. It's amazing, and uh, one time I think I'm, I don't know if I told you this before. When I was giving a talk in Edinburgh at the Arthur Conan Doyle Centre, and this really touched me. And this is what it's all about. Excuse me, I'm going to clear my throat. <coughs> I have terrible hay fever today. I don't know. It's very warm here today. Very warm. It's 30 degrees. That's warm for us. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, it was about. Well, the books were certainly out. So uh, round about what will we say? Maybe eight years ago, I was speaking at the Arthur Conan Doyle Centre in Edinburgh. And don't ask me what I was speaking about. Obviously, something to do with this. And uh, it was a day of different speakers on different topics. So my hour was up and I was trying to get off the platform to go out. And the next speaker was trying to come in another door, all that sort of stuff. So I was hurrying to get out of of this room. And a man I'd never seen before in my life was standing against the back wall. And as I passed him, he touched my elbow very gently. And I looked at him, you know, wondering, you know, why are you touching my elbow? And he looked at me with the most sincere eyes. And he said, I would like to thank you for that talk today. He said, today you have saved my life. And, And I could feel the tears starting in my throat. I thought, oh, my God. What did I say that was so important to that to that man today? But you see, we don't know what we say that's important no, to listeners. People may be listening today that it might just be the very thing they needed to hear. Uh, as oh, I say, yes. that, that that was through that was through speech through through talks. But the one thing, I mean, lots of things have convinced me. There's lots and lots of good mediums and lots of evidence in the book. I mean, there's such a selection there we couldn't yes. possibly. We're
0: going we to talk about some of those accounts too because um I've, I've read your whole book by the way I just love it. Um and and um it's different. For people who are wondering how, why is it how is it different from The Fun of Dying? The Fun of Dying is what you read if you are, if you suddenly are dying or if someone you love is dying and you're sitting in the waiting room waiting to go back in or something. It's it's a quick summary, but it doesn't doesn't get down and dig deep into cases and facts. Well, it's essential yeah. companion is Trisha's book because Trisha, as a serious investigator, with with, she gives details, happy details, interesting details, oh, yeah. of, of her investigations. But she will give you the meat. I give you the overall menu, and it's
1: glorious. She'll
0: give you the meat and
1: potatoes and how to work. Well, this, yeah. this, this is what I'm all about. Is what is the evidence and it must make sense it I, I don't care this although it's called paranormal it must make sense it's yes. part of the universe my favorite one at the very beginning now as i say i've been doing it probably for 35 years now actually okay. uh, it's been a while, and, uh, yes. and i'm only 21 you know <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, of course it's so hard i was i worked long before i was born too oh actually. did
1: you good good I, let me anyway, me the, the one If I'm terribly honest, apart from all the real excellent cases with all the references, all of that, my favorite is the one it it was around. Well, I I, I wrote about it later. You have to remember the things in my book I've been collecting for all of these years. Yes. So I'm going back.
0: You say when these happen, too. Yeah, I'm going back back to about
1: 1997 here. And I don't know how people get hold of me, but they do. And this woman got hold of me, whom I had never seen in my life, lives in a completely different place. And she said to me, I would like to speak to you about my daughter. So I met her somewhere.
0: Oh, I and remember it, this
1: and one. It, uh, yeah, this is my favorite, really. And, uh, She said to me, my daughter was murdered six months ago and the police are not making any headway with it at all. Now, I secretly knew I'm a bit empathetic, although I'm not a medium. And I immediately knew she wanted me to try and make an arrangement for her to have to have a sitting with a good medium. Well, I wouldn't do that when the daughter was murdered six months ago. I don't think it's right. So instinctively, I said to her, well, I said, can we meet again? And you can bring me something in a sealed envelope, something that belonged to your daughter. And uh, I will take whatever is in that, not look at it, obviously, and take it to several mediums and see if they can give me any information about your daughter. It was as simple as that. No grand statement, no nothing. She said, yes, she would do that. So then I met her again and she handed me this A5 brown envelope with things in it I could only describe as lumpy. I have no idea. (laughs) Right. It wasn't a watch. It wasn't a ring. It was just lumpy things. When you touched it, you could feel it lumpy. Uh So I I took it to a couple of mediums and they made a couple of statements, which didn't really mean a lot. One said she'd been, oh, that this girl was dead. It was a girl. She was dead. And uh, that she'd been to the dentist uh, the the day she was killed. Of course, I, I don't know anything about it. All and then and he said there's also something to do with a black taxi involved. Anyway, I thanked the two individual (laughs) mediums for their useless bits of information. Yes, that's my problem. That's what I get. Yes, yes. And then I um then I thought right I'll take it to the, the person I know who's a really good medium and who has come to be a friend of mine. But being a friend has got nothing to do with evaluating the information. I'm very fastidious that way. So anyway, I knew this medium well enough. I was able to go to his house and I went to the house, you know, and they shout, come in, come in. And I went in and the medium was sitting at a table with a computer in sort of in one hand and a cigarette in the other. And it was quite a big table actually. And I just plonked this envelope down in front of him. and And I said, don't ask any questions. I said, I want you to put your hand in that and tell me if you get anything. That was all. And he looked at me and he said, Do I have to? You know, grudgingly. And I went, Yeah, yeah, you have to. So <laughs> I he, thought that was funny. So he yeah. put the this is absolutely true. So he put yeah. the cigarette he put the cigarette out uh, grudgingly, very grudgingly, you know, and looked at me as if it was stupid. And he put he put his hand on it and immediately there wasn't A second passed and his eyes popped open and he said to me, Oh, I've got a girl here that was murdered. And of course I can't Uh I don't know any information. This is a great
0: story, everybody. This is in the book and
1: this is can I, can I correct you and say it's not a story, it's an account. It's two different Pardon things.
0: Pardon me. I forgot you're a real researcher. Yeah.
1: Okay. yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's a real what happened, but it's very entertaining to read. And when you see how it was validated, it's wonderful. Go ahead, Tricia.
1: Sorry to interrupt. So anyway, eyes popped open, looked at me, and then he was totally animated. So, of course, I had with me, I had my trusty notepad and pen and all the rest of it. So... Of course, I I can't say yes or no because I don't I don't know the answer.
0: Right, right. Yes. he can't, I, he can't I, read he, your mind either, can you? No,
1: no, because I don't know. Right. And he he doesn't know. So he, he said, "This girl's got Well, he pointed to his shoulders. This girl's got brownish uh, shoulder length hair, and uh, she's telling me, "No, I, I can't remember the order of this. I'm only." Giving you it, and because uh, I didn't know she'd brown shoulder length here, so I'm writing down girl shoulder length here. She's telling me that she misses her three cats, so I'm writing down three cats. <laughs> So, okay. so he's looking there at me. It was four
0: cats. I just read, I read that. It
1: was actually four cats, but yep. at, the ti- at the time, at the time she said the right thing. Anyway, I might be telling you the wrong. Right. Um, I know. Anyway, <laughs> who knew, who knew she had a cat? Who, who knew she Any had
0: cats, three right. or four
1: cats? She might have had a dog right. and a budgie. Anyway, so <laughs> she, she misses her cats. She's right. lived. She lived one up that was in flats. She lived one up on the right and the flat was in a cul-de-sac. So I'm writing all of this down. And then she's telling me that her boyfriend, and she gave a name, which I'm not going to say, her boyfriend, we'll call him Gordon, that wasn't his name. My boyfriend Gordon was the first one to know I was dead. And he phoned my mum. So, of course, I'm writing this down. And the medium's looking at me, and I'm just, you know, writing it down. And then he, he said, she's also telling me that she's got, above her left breast, she's got a tattoo, she's got a... Two hearts entwined, and and he gave the colors of the above her left breast where the two hearts were entwined, you know, what it said, etc. And she's also got a tattoo in the back of her left arm in the shape of a rose, and he gave the colors of that as well. And of course, I'm tot- I'm totally clueless. I haven't a clue. Right. I'm trying to, uh, then, then he came away with <laughs> the one that really took my breath away. Now, I have never in my life known anyone that's been in prison. Never. Right. And he said to me, she's telling me when she was younger, she was in Cornton Vale prison. And I kind of thought, holy shit, you know, Whoa, what? You know, so I, <laughs> I wrote I wrote it down and I thought, well, I'm thinking that's either right or it's wrong. That's not an easy guess. And uh, she had an abortion, he, too, right? She, well, she he said she also had a, preg- a, young, a pregnancy when she was younger. So anyway, I'm trying to remember what else was that that was that. There, there was, was a
0: lot, and it was amazing. There, anyway, it was, was very, very, there was very precise. 20,
1: there was, oh, yeah. Today, today my mother has moved my photograph yes! from, from the top of the fireplace to the top of the television. So yeah. I'm writing that down fine mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I'll remember the rest as we're talking here. Anyway, altogether, there was 29 pieces of individual <laughs> pieces of information. Now, when I work with mediums, I don't do this right i don't do this oh well it's it's nearly right it, for for me being Tricia, it's either right or it's wrong yep. there's no middle right. line you know that's right good yeah no middle yes. line for me at all i'm black and white that's it anyway i was given 29 pieces of information she also described she said it was two men that murdered her and she also said that all her she, it was it, they put a tea towel around her neck and all the injuries were at her back Uh, Sort of stuff like that. So anyway, there was 29 individual pieces of information which I wrote down, and of course I couldn't say to the the medium he was right or wrong. I hadn't a clue. And then then I (laughs) then I arranged two days later. I had the mother's phone number by this time. I phoned her up, asked her where she lived, and I said uh, that I had you know been speaking to people, could have come and see her. So two days later. I walked, got to this woman's house in a different place. As Soon as I walked in, I saw a photograph of a girl on top of the television and I assumed, I assumed it was a girl and I said, Oh, is this your daughter? She said, Yes, I moved her, I moved her photo there two days ago from on top of the mantelpiece. Well, that was just the beginning. And yes. she, she didn't even know what she was saying to me. And I said, now I've got some information written here down like a list of things that mediums have said it was actually only one medium i didn't tell her that and uh, she, and i said now this might be a load of absolute rubbish it really might don't be afraid to say to me no that is absolutely wrong so i started off with whatever it was she'd lived in a cul one up you know a boyfriend's name was gordon or whatever and uh, that she misses her cats all of that sort of thing and the tattoos oh the other thing was a uh, the medium said to me, she's telling me that the account in the newspapers of her death, the clothes she was wearing were all wrong. And she <laughs> gave me a list of her blouse, her skirt, her boots, all of that, which I wrote down. And as I said, said to the mother, amongst all the other things, they're telling me that the newspaper accounts of her clothing was wrong. And the, I went through each one and the mother said, that's absolutely correct. So every single thing. Wow. But the only the only thing I choked at was I said, Do I say? Uh, she's, that she was she was in Conteville prison when she was younger. Mother said, Yes, that's right. But I did not <laughs> ask about the pregnancy. Yeah. I thought you your daughter has just been murdered, you might not have known she got rid of a pregnancy and I thought, No, I can't do it. It choked in my mind and I didn't give the mother obviously the description that she'd given of the it was two killers. But I did find out later that all of the girl's injuries were at her back, where she had said through that medium. Now, that absolutely, totally convinced me because I didn't yes. know Medium didn't know where did the information come from? The Only the, from the consciousness of the girl who had died. Actually, she. Did, I know it sounds crazy, but she didn't seem unhappy. She, she was quite sort of cheerful. In the three-week many, conversation, many people yeah. are yes, yes, yeah. It, that it's, that that's the one that was my wow. That was one of my wow moments, you know, because it happened to me. I know exactly what happened. There was no frills, nothing. No fast. way, it, didn't,
0: no way no. it wasn't true. You, no. you couldn't find a way to disprove it. That's the way I've done no. this research, no. too.
1: And it, I, as, as I say in, in probably all of my books, uh, the proof, if we want to call it proof of survival, is a, we have two kinds of proof in our culture. We have proof as in a court of law. And we have mathematical proofs, you know, two and two will always be four, yes. you know, four yes. and four will always be eight. There are scientific theorems that you can always prove they're correct. That's a scientific mathematical model. And that that is always the case. You can see that's the case. But more often than not, proof is required as in a court of law, which is beyond reasonable doubt yes. and in the, in the past what the sceptics do is they pillory people like myself and very and other famous scientists of course who look at these matters and think they must have gone off their head in actual fact most of the very famous scientists and people much higher flown than I who've investigated they actually investigate these things at the peak of their career they don't do it when they're looking at death and that's certainly I didn't start with any sadness looking at death or anything like that, I was very happy. And the, the other good thing for me is I had no religious indoctrination, really, of any yes. any kind. Which it was just, it, yeah. was, it was good. And it's a shame because I now have quite a lot of people, you know, who contact me, who were indoctrinated in one religion or another, and they find it very difficult to get rid of that original indoctrination. And there's one particular gentleman who was brought up in the Bible Belt in Alabama and he, he, only through his intellect and his seeking and searching proper knowledge, has he come to realize that what he was taught was a lot of rubbish. Now, I'm not knocking any religion. Don't send me letters knocking religion. <laughs>
0: no. Well, but believe me, because we're seeking reality, um, we, we talk very frankly about the fact that religions are all man-made. That has nothing to do with God. Religions nope. have nothing to do with the genuine godhead
1: which is quite nope.
0: real. Spiritual- but um,
1: spirituality get nothing to do with religion either. That's right.
0: It's, it's yeah, the opposite
1: nothing.
0: of re- religion is the opposite of spirituality
1: in fact Correct.
0: because spirituality requires that we raise our consciousness vibration and religions lower our vibration by and design true.
1: because they it, make us afraid. Any religion or tenet that tells you what to think. Now, in my books, I don't tell you what to think. I present the cases and I give you, as you say, I give references, a, a good bi- bibliography at the back. You can go and research further things. But my own particular, um, eh, the ones that, that I actually like. Now, my, I'm on, I'm on husband number two at the moment. And he, <laughs> <laughs> you notice no, no, I said at the moment. And eh, he, me. he's he's kind he's kind of into it but he doesn't really bother much so we don't talk about it much but he had a he had a friend who doesn't talk about these things at all just used to go to church of scotland and uh, this is in the first book actually he's called davy he's no longer with us so i can use his name anyway davy seemingly his wife first wife died when she was in her 40s and davy was a bit of a i don't know strong-minded person with his own viewpoints and things. Anyway, about six months or so after his wife had actually died, he was, sit- he was in bed reading with the light on, full light on, and his wife materialised at the door of the bedroom, walked towards him, sat on the side of the bed, and he could feel the bed. Now, he never told me this. He told Ian, as my husband, and Ian told me, you know, later on. The man could feel the bed going down as the lady sat on it. She was fully dressed in ordinary clothes. And as he was looking at her, and it wasn't quite the message he expected. She began to thump him on the shoulder, like slap, slap on his shoulder. And she said, hear you, stop moaning and groaning. Our life together was part of a, a book. And the chapter of you and I is now finished. So what you have to do is close that chapter and begin a new one get on with your life, you're a young man, and uh, go forward. And she, she stayed wow. for quite a while. But sadly for him, he actually never did. But that, that wasn't the point. That wasn't, you couldn't say that was a message of expectation, because that certainly would not be what he expected, that's for sure. No, no,
0: no. wow. Oh, that is a beautiful story. Yeah, and, yeah. And since you've, you've talked about your marital history, I probably should just say that I'm still on my first husband, um, and he is a practicing Catholic. All right. So, good fun. so, yeah. so, and and our forty wedding anniversary is going to be next month. So uh-huh. therefore, he is also a saint, as you can imagine, because <laughs> because he used to tell me when I first started doing this work fifty years ago, um, he told me that um, I was going to hell for sure. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and and but I I said you know I I it's quite possible, but I seem to be compelled to do it. as you as you say, spirit is what guides our work.
1: Oh, I just we are
0: called you. to it.
1: Yeah, I just call do- it, even Archie Roy, even Professor Archie Roy, Emeritus Professor of Astronomy. It's something to do with the calculations for the first space race. In private, Archie would say to me, we never designed working together. No. We were literally, I, I see it like a puppet on a string. Someone's got a string over my head and a string over Archie's. And it was designed so that we we met. And then one night, uh, I it was pouring of rain from the university. And I said to him, where do you live? Can I give you a lived home? And it turned out he lived, you know, on my way home. And therein, therein began a tale, and then yes. we began to work together. And we n- you would wow. never have put the two of us together, ever. I mean, we got on really, really well, and we're very, very, very good friends. And I've had many an excellent message from Archie since his past, very, very, very evidential, because he's still working over there. And then, of course, Archie and myself and another five psychical researchers, we formed PRISM, that psychical research involving selected mediums, and we met at Stansted Hall, that's the Arthur Finlay College. And we we, we thought we would be able to use the people in mediumship seven of them and seven of us, to design experiments. But in actual fact, it only turned out really that it was Archie and I <laughs> that I actually managed to do anything of note. And right. our, we, ha- we have our experiments published in a peer-reviewed journal uh, in, the, in London, in, in Cambridge University. And no one, no one sensible, has been able to, to really disprove anything that we have done. And Professor Chris Rowe from Northampton, he often cites our work when he's giving a lecture. Now, to me, that's success.
0: Wow, uh, it's big success, yes. It's a big success. One of the things that is, we probably should mention is that in general... The British Isles have been much, much more forward about doing this uh, research. Right, going back to the middle of the 19th century, um, mm-hmm. you had your Society for Psychical Research. A lot of the very best work with mediums, with with deep trance mediums, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the very best research has been done in the British Isles. So mm-hmm. we, we really owe a debt of gratitude to um, the people there in London and and elsewhere. I mean, and uh,
1: there was lots of good. Uh, th- The Dutch, Hans Bender and a lot, and Nandor Fodor, and there were some from the American Society of Psychical Research that did do very good work in the beginning. Yes. Uh, Professor Stephen Browdy um, in America, who's, he is, he is, well, he was very skeptical, and now he's grudgingly no, he realizes something in it, and he said at the beginning, the American Society for Psychical Research was excellent. Now, <laughs> in the at, beginning, yes, in the beginning, and that's that's as much. But the Society for Psychical Research in London, it certainly, well, it was founded by them in 1882, and you right. had very very many notable people, very intelligent people, uh, looking into these things, and then of course you've got things like Emanuel Swedenborg who was yes. completely different altogether. And when he, at, at the age of 50, he had so many degrees and so many sciences. He was brilliant. And then he decided to look into the, the, the human soul and examine it. Now, we've got no information as to what he actually did, if he started with meditation or what. But Swedenborg got himself to the extent that he could go up and down the levels of, we'll call it spirit consciousness. And uh-huh. he, could, he could, much like Carl Wickland. 30 Years Among the Dead. I love that book. He could could go up and down the levels and see the levels. I call it the levels of darkness or light. That's what I call it. It's like, and there's a lovely book that I have, one of the early ones that I read by a, a South African lawyer called Jasper Swain. His boy of 19 was killed in a car. And uh, Jasper Swain didn't have any particularly strong religious beliefs or afterlife. But the boy came back almost immediately to him and was visible to him and was able to have conversations. And the boy said, "Um, I'm okay, Dad. He said, I was taken out of my body before the the car crashed. I didn't feel anything at all. So the father asked him what it was like where he was. And he said, gee, Dad, uh, that's exactly what it said, gee, Dad. He said, do you know there is no heaven and there is no hell? He said, I'm at a point of where I would call lightness, where the people at my level, we can all communicate. He said, now, I can go down to the, the dimmer level, slightly dimmer, and that's okay, and I get down to a certain level of darkness, and I've got to scurry back. I'd, it's it's not nice, I have to come back. He said, I can go up a level to brightness, he said, but the brightness is too much for my eyes and I have to come back to a level that I'm comfortable in. And to me, that's a wonderful description of the level of consciousness that that particular boy's at. And when his father asked him if there was a hell, he laughed and he went, gee, no, daddy," He said, that's a man-made concept made, to, totally. made people, people, you know, conform. But it's all about your understanding and your level of conscious growth. Um, None of us really know what happens after that. But I can only say in my work, there are so many of these cases where the only the only rational explanation for the phenomena is that the person has actually died. Even at the one poltergeist case where I was a young couple in a new house and we, Archie and I were called out and they were very scared because things were moving in their house. And of course, anyway, it turned out that eventually... I worked out, I didn't need a medium, I worked out that the girl's mother had died before the baby was born. And I said to the, the, the man, was your mother-in-law a kind of interfering person when he was here? He said, oh yes, yes. Yeah. oh yes. And he, he actually said, he actually said, can you not make the old bitch go away? Oh. <laughs> and, oh. and I, I looked that, at- That story
0: uh, is also uh, in the book, yes. Uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, looked at, I looked at his wife and I said, well, and and then I said- and then he said himself, ah, the vase in the hall that keeps getting moved is a vase that she bought for us. And yes. I said, well, I said, well, I can say no more. And then I said, look at your wife's face. And that girl's face lit up. She knew, See, the baby was smiling at someone that wasn't there as well. The baby was six months. And I, the wife went from pale, ashen pale to having full color and smiling. And I said, look at your wife's face now she knows her mother's there. she's a happy lady i said i said possibly could bring someone ask the mother not to go away i said but at this moment no i said if you have problems get in touch with me again in the future and i can bring someone along and we've never had anything because as you know as well as i do they just want to be recognized
0: and That's they just right.
1: want they and just then they won't.
0: usually go away.
1: Yes, yes. Well, not always, but, yeah, yeah, they it, can be
0: frustrated. I, I think of it as the postcard phase. For when people have left people behind who are grieving and who loved them, very uh-huh. often they want to send a postcard or two home. Yes. Once once it's recognized, oh, it's a postcard for mom. Yeah. My mother was so busy giving signs for about three days, I've never had a single sign since. And that's, that's I think, right. is relatively common I should Thank just you. say about this book for people who are interested in knowing what some of the phenomena are not only are all of these
1: personally investigated by Tricia who is a skeptic but in addition she really well, goes I, I, the- can I say can I say an open-minded skeptic I had no opinion people who are or the not other.
0: open-minded are not skeptics they are Correct. debunkers and Correct. there's a whole stupid yeah. group of those people but anyway yeah. so he, they, these are the chapters and each has a bunch of stories there's Uh, She talks about death briefly, but then apparitions, all different ways people have seen dead people. Very often they materialize only at the top or or maybe sometimes down as far as the, the legs. But um, but nevertheless, these are real. And uh, because I've been doing so much studying, I know that the stories are exactly like the other stories, only they're different stories, different experiences. She talks about poltergeists. I learned more about poltergeists from you, frankly, than I have learned elsewhere. Um, and I, I thought uh, your stories were excellent. Hybrid cases. Explain
1: what hybrid cases are, and then we'll go on to talk about the others. Well, you can get a case where you've got uh, some... I, I I don't like the word Portuguese. It it, go, it conjures <laughs> up someone in a white sheet or something like that. Yes. I yeah. I will talk about Portuguese activity, and by that I mean things like even like the movement of the vases in that last account. Yes. Well, you've got cases like the Shantarin, where there was lots of physical things being moved, but there was also apparitions involved other times as well. So you've got the two things going on at the one time. You've got lots of movement of objects and you've got an apparition along with it. That's a hybrid case.
0: That's a hybrid, right. Okay, and then just to finish it quickly, she talks about drop-in communicators. You -hmm. know, you you go to the medium because you want to talk to your mother who's dead a long time and some stranger maybe who just was killed in a different place in Mm -hmm. the world even suddenly Mm -hmm. shows up is able to get through to the medium and to you and none of you know what's going on but then you do the research and you find out that person died and in fact the story was true that's a drop-in communicator and then she talks about mediumship of course and reincarnation and she talks about paranormal healing case studies too and To me, this is a very good overview of the kinds of ways in which people we used to think were dead are in fact active absolutely, in our lives absolutely it's a great absolutely. overview and if and it's also a quick book it's a very easy read so um i recommend this book very highly it's 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 famous actually and for good reason um i i had heard about it as soon as it came out and then just never got to it but then i got to interview you so i'll be able <laughs> to read your
1: third no, one it, as well it is, uh, it's its it's I don't use jargon. I will never. I can't stand books that are full of jargon. People people tend to use jargon in any form of life. You know, you belong to this group, and they use their jargon. Psychologists use their own jargon. Even parapsychologists, ones who study this within university, yes. they still use jargon. Nobody yep. knows. Nobody knows what they're talking about. I keep it real, <laughs> and that's why I was laughing at you with your secret reality. <laughs> It's real. And they yes. are accounts. They are accounts. They're not stories. They're things that actually happened. They're not to handed down. They're things that more or less, more or less, all no, i personally investigated. And where I don't investigate them, I give the, you know, references where you can go and find out the details. It's not that there's no paranormal activity or no proof of survival. There is so much of it. It's extraordinary.
0: Yeah. In fact, I'm going to make a statement, which I think is true. By the time you reach your latter 50s, Everybody has had at least one of these experiences, and mm-hmm. ma- most of us have had many of them. We don't talk about them because, you know, it's private. This is a, These are private communications from people exactly. we have. love. And so, but it, this is everybody. You walk down the street and look around you, and if everybody who is over the age of 55 or so has just about always had these experiences, now maybe they didn't – maybe they said, oh, no, that – Butterfly that I keep Mm -hmm. seeing every morning in the same place, that couldn't possibly be from my mother. Maybe Mm they have denied it. But that doesn't mean it wasn't true. It was absolutely a message from someone who has died. And if people are more open minded, but that's my second book, um, the, the fun of staying in touch. People who are who know what the signs are likely to be and are, over, you wouldn't believe all the things my mother did in the first two days. It astonished me because it was the first time I'd ever had somebody close to me die and do this. But it's
1: just spectacular what they do to try it to is. make sure we know it, it is. It that is you're okay. With me, my, my mother didn't really understand this. She didn't. I've had her back since, of course, and now she understands. But uh, it was all electrical stuff with me a few days after my mother died yep, because I'm right. not I'm not a medium. And it was stuff – Very that, common. It was stuff – I don't really talk about that kind of personal stuff much. But there was no way these things could have happened. It just yeah. wasn't possible. And uh, they just – just, it's usually – first of all, as you say, so they just want to say, hi, I'm here and I'm okay. from. From them. Yeah. Yes. You, exactly. you get, it's just an acknowledgement. I am okay, but I've you I arrived safely. Yep. But you, you also get people on earth who I don't want to use the word, they wallow in the misery of someone who's passed over. I know that sounds unkind, but they've they've got and they usually are sad for themselves. Obviously you're sad it's for
0: selfish. You. Thank you for saying that. Thank I would you. love to be able to say that freely. Yeah. Thank you for saying yeah. it.
1: I think there's a lot of that. It
0: weighs on our loved ones. They have gone to a beautiful, happy place, and they love us, and they see us mourning and miserable. And it weighs them down, and it holds them back. So let's be frank about this. It's our responsibility to learn the truth about death, every single one of us, so this never happens again. I have to tell you about my mother. The first time, I didn't talk to her for a medium for years I didn't need to and finally when I went to a medium but about really thinking about somebody else my mother came through she was she sort of was the master of ceremonies and the first thing she said this was a very excellent medium the first thing she said was you were right about everything which I thought was hysterical because she would never listen to me when she was alive yeah she, mm-hmm. she hung on until she had no activities of daily living because she couldn't quite believe that she would survive And yet now she tells me that she spends all her time or a lot of her time just traveling and making sure I was right about every single thing, (laughs) which I think is funny. I mean, you're once a mother,
1: always a mother. That's what you do. Well, I had a funny one with my dad, if I've got time. My dad died when I was 13, so obviously I knew him, but I didn't know him all that well. And he had actually, he had a very slow growing brain tumour from when I was nine. This is, this is actually quite a happy story. Anyway, so it's a very yeah, it's long... out
0: really well, yes, for <laughs> being a happy story. Yeah.
1: Yes. So anyway, it's a very long time before, you know, from when I'm 13 to when I started to look at this. So I went for my first reading with uh, just out of curiosity, with no expectation for anything. That uh, was about 1983, I think. And I got a lovely older lady who did tell me quite a few things. And she's the one that said to me, now, remember, I've just started. I know nothing. And she said to me, one of these days, my dear, she smiled and she looked up. One of these days, you're going to be st- talking to thousands of people. And boy, boy too, and boy, yeah. when you when you speak, will they listen? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> bother with. I didn't. I just this is my first reading. But that was OK. And at that point, my dad did come through to say hi. And that was fine. The second reading I had was with a man called Bill Landis, who was a record producer, and I think, in the 60s. And he produced Ball and Paul and Barry Ryan, if you remember them. And anyway, so he was a completely different type of medium altogether. And he said, the way I work he'd a small table and he held my hands over the table. And my dad came in and he said, oh, I've got your father here. And your father's telling me that he hangs around, he keeps looking after you because he wasn't much good to you when he was alive so he's keeping in touch to see how you're doing and i thought well that's that's nice you know very nice yeah and then, then he said your father he said i don't know whether to say this or not i said go on he said your father's telling me did you know your mother had three chances to remarry she was 39 when my dad died yeah. did that did you, did you did you know your mother had three chances to remarry after he died i said well i certainly knew about two of them the third yeah yeah possibly and then there was a pause and he looked up said to my dad I can't say that I said go on what's he saying and he said your father's telling me that it wasn't so much out of loyalty that she didn't want to remarry she just couldn't be bothered she couldn't be bothered
0: that's and, why my mother-in-law and, said that to me
1: too that <laughs> that what my mother used to say oh I don't want to get married again to wash anyone else's right. shirts and socks but Oh, that was hilarious. That I is could, hilarious. That is just funny. her.
0: Yeah, I am so happy talking with you. I love the way I'm, every American listening is saying, "Oh, what a beautiful accent!" That we we all love the way you talk. <laughs> but more to the point. I feel as if I've met a kindred spirit because we both have the same attitude and we have a lot of, I think, a lot of the same discoveries that that we hold in our secret hearts, which is, to me, a beautiful feeling.
1: Um,
0: But we'll have another chance to talk in a few months. And I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to that as well. What do you want people most to take away from our conversation today?
1: Well, Consciousness, I will call it consciousness uh-huh. your, your consciousness, the real you, never dies. you are the same level of consciousness the minute after you die as to the minute before, and if people are worried about people with alzheimer 's, do not worry because yep. people with people with alzheimer 's are more often while they 're still alive in spirit world than they are here, and it, I, some people can immediately be cleared of mind consciousness when they go one or two might need a few days rest to realize that they're okay when people it's like when you're born in this world there's a midwife brings you into this world some people need a midwife when you go to spirit some people can go straight to spirit and know immediately where they are
0: so so you want people to know our lives are eternal which is uh, absolutely that's what i say every week everybody people never forget you are a powerful eternal eternal being you never began you never will end when you know that your entire life will be transformed
1: exactly i don't know if you've, if you've got your website or my website but uh, people if they want to contact me they can get me through my website it's think, Trish, uh, Trisha, are
0: you still on Weebly?
1: It's Trisha
0: Robertson at Weebly. Uh, yes, this will be on in the notes, everyone, so you'll fine. be able to,
1: that's, that's
0: to get in touch yeah. with her. And she's yeah. willing to have you, so for heaven's sake, she's oh, a yeah. wonderful person to have for a friend. We we have almost no time left, but consider yourself hugged, my dear, across the pond, and I'll talk mm-hmm. to you again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. See you all in
1: December.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, in fact, I think it's the fir- it's going to be broadcast. It'll be the first one of the new year. So we have that oh, to look right. forward to in 2022. Right. Okay. Everyone, meanwhile, our guest next week is Louise Hauk. Louise is an intuitive spiritual counselor, author, and speaker. And she's written a lot of books. But next week, we're going to be discussing her most recent book, which I think is important. It's called I'm Still In Here, Intuitive Assistance for Caregivers Tending to Those Who Can't communicate. This is an important topic. We've never talked about it before here, but it's very close to my heart because my father-in-law spoke to me perfectly clearly one day when he was totally gone with Alzheimer's. This is a very complex situation. We know, um, as, as, um, Uh, Tricia alluded to briefly, that people who are are, um, totally gone with with Alzheimer's, their minds are perfectly fine. And as they separate from their bodies, very often there is a phenomenon which scientists know all about called terminal lucidity. And they'll sit up and they'll start talking normally. We're going to talk about all of that next week. Nearly all of us at some time in our lives will know or love somebody who has a damaged brain in one way or another. And it's very important that we know a lot more about their situation so we can be as loving to them as we would want to be. And of course, this week we've been talking with Trisha Robertson. All I could tell you is you should read her book. It is simple. It is brief. It is factual. It is entertaining. And it's fun. It's the kind of, once in a while I'll say you can read this like candy. You can read this like candy, but it is, has got more nutrition in it than any any meat you have ever, ever eaten or vegetable, never mind. <laughs> it's called more things no it's called things you can do when you're dead it will wet your appetite for a few months from now when we talk about more things you can do when you're dead but this has been just delightful and i just urge you to to read her book as you know i have a bunch of books too we don't have time to talk about them though but at robertagrimes.com you can find them all and if you want to talk about any of my books, you know, you can just go to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com and uh, send me an email. Um, every day I hear, as Trisha was saying, doing this work is so wonderful and addictive because we hear from so many people who say that we have changed their lives. I get those yeah. emails every day mm-hmm. and they are the reason why I want to get up in the morning. I love my family. I love my husband of almost 50 years, but I love you all because you are such beautiful, beautiful people who are allowing people like and me to help you to understand the glorious truth that you are the most important people in the entire universe and you never, ever will end. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, one true reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being and you, most of all, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.